right, here we are, another episode of Keo Conversations. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. I'm chatting with Karen, who is a social entrepreneur who created the World Happiness Summit, or Wahasu, as it's known by, as a commitment towards making a happier world through investing in and producing initiatives like the World Happiness Summit, a multi-dimensional global gathering of leading experts in the disciplines that compose the science of happiness and well-being, and the H20 government meeting. I think that's super important as well, just really working this topic into government and policy and programs and whatnot. It was a great conversation with Karen. She was super vulnerable and really opened up about some wild tragedy that has gone through her life with the unexpected and sudden death of her husband. And not just that, but the death of her being a wife to her husband, um, the death of co-parenting all of that things that people just don't speak about uh, we get into it and she also discusses how this has really you know pushed her path forward in this work but also how she manages the lows that continue to come up um, like all of us in life so enjoy this conversation this podcast is brought to you by Minimalism Life. A simple life is one with less stress, less stuff, and more purpose. We love these guys because they publish awesome content on a weekly basis about minimalism as a tool to help you be more focused and feel more fulfilled. Check them out at minimalism.life. And don't forget, all of these awesome guests end up in our journaling app and mental fitness tool, Keo, to help guide you through your daily reflection. Take it for a spin in the Apple App Store and let us know what you think. Have the absolute best day yet. So Karen, first question for all guests on the show is always the same, and it is... Who are you or what defines you as a person? Oh, my God, Mark. First of all, thank you for having me. But who am I? That's what, that's, that's what I've been trying to figure out, you know. My God, let's start easy. Wow, who am I? Um, it's easier from, from then on. It's so funny because it's, you know, there's so many adjectives that come into mind, right? But it's more about... Um, the, about the be, who am I, you know, um, at the core essence. And I think that um, I, I, at the very core, I think I'm a nurturer. Is that, you know, I'm a nurturer. I'm a person who really likes to take care of other people. I really enjoy, um, obviously, making people happy. I've come to realize that, <laughs> you know, I've done that, you know, I tried to do that my whole life. And, um, and so I just really enjoy putting people together. I, I, I'm a community builder. Um, I'm flawed. I'm a, I'm a person who's flawed. And mm. I think, you know, I, uh, I'm also fearless at the same time. I, I, I'm courageous, and yet sometimes I'm weak. But I think that, um, that another core of my values and being is that I'm um, honest and transparent. And so I think that, you know, seeing my whole self, um, I think that's how I've been able to be courageous 
you know, uh, by looking mm-hmm. at and embracing the bits that maybe are not so pretty or not so nice, right? And so trying to look at the whole picture of, of who I am and and uh, trying to be a responsible person as well. So when when I don't I don't when I don't bring my best self, I, I hope that I they do take ownership and try to apologize. So that's that's who I am. Well, and Karen, thank you for for entertaining the question. I know it's it's a it's a tough one to kick off, but the whole reason I ask it is for the the very example of what you just what you just gave, because typically people start off and you know. I run this or I do that and, you know, which is fine, but I'd like to get, get to know you as, as a person and, and just hearing some of the words you use, um, knowing a little bit about your background, obviously it, it seems really, it seems really obvious. So I'd, I'd love to, you know, back up a little bit and we'll come full circle with this. It always happens in, in the show, but, um, why don't you share a little bit about your story and, and how you came about to leading the, you know, the World Happiness Summit. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, you, I could have described to you who I am, you know, but th- that's something that you could just easily Google. So I thought I'd give you a little bit more of Perfect. the essence of me. Um, you know, I, I, my partner and myself started this company called Wahasu, which is the two first letters of World Happiness Summit. And we put on um, this beautiful summit that gathers the world leading experts in the science of happiness and well being with a global audience. And so we've done three, three summits and they've been hugely successful and gratifying on so many different levels. The individuals that come are really enlightened and they bring the science into their lives and into their communities and their workplace and also for the organizations that come and learn it. Governments come. Um, uh, universities, businesses, and so it's really beautiful because they bring this these findings that really um, that really have the power to create a better and more positive world. So that's that's um, what we've done with 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 the summit. Um, on a personal note, um, uh, my my journey into um, understanding. The science of happiness began um, around six years ago when uh, my husband passed away uh, suddenly. And, uh, and so through that experience, obviously terrible heartbreak and, and unhappiness, which is quite normal, um, I began exploring, uh, you know, how, how to, um, to continue because I, I had, you know, have children. And so for me, um, motherhood is sacred and it's a huge responsibility. And so I wanted to see and find out how I could become, um, not only continue, but become a valuable and important, um, support to my children. Right. Of course. And, uh, through purpose and meaning and a conscious choice of, of choosing happiness, um, before I was happy actually, and uh, and Paul Dolan does some research on this on how you know you you become the person by doing right. It's like you're not born a runner. You pick up running and start running, and you become a runner. The same thing if you go yeah. to the gym. You're not you know. So so habit making, and so I began to copy what what happy people do. If I were happy, this is what I would do, and you know this is how I would show up here. And I would you know if somebody invited me to go with a group to dinner, I would say yes. And um, I, uh, I also applied to do an MBA. I 
at Georgetown. I went to do that. And that created a lot of meaning in my life because uh, my husband was always um, very much uh, a proponent of excellence and hard work. And he was a neurosurgeon, anesthesiologist, University of Chicago MBA. And he's just a really brilliant man and kind man. And so I went to Georgetown in homage to him. And in, in that was four months after he died. And I was doing my MBA. And I graduated. I did very well. I I um, landed a, a, a very promising position. And... Um, and everything looked great on paper and so forth, but I wasn't fulfilled in my in my work. And mm. one of the things that losing someone like that gives you is it gives you a great deal of perspective. You of know, course, like I want I want simplicity, transparency, um, and clarity in my life. And uh, because and and clearly, and I know I wanted to have um, the sense of purpose that I had gained when I went to do Georgetown and so forth. And I had, I met a group of individuals who were talking about the idea of happiness and the idea of putting an event together. And six months later, I quit my, my job and I put my, my, along with my partner, put my, uh, my time, my talent and treasure in founding this company. And then we put on the, the summit together and we were very purposeful about making it, you know, science. Uh, based, which was really important that you, there's so many things out there in the, you know, about like self-help and gurus. And this is, this doesn't, it's agnostic, you know, it's, it's, a, it's about science and it's about presenting all these different experts to see what resonates to you in that moment in your life. Um, and we're very uh, cognizant of the trust that people have to open themselves up to this, to this material. And so that's why we, we very purposefully, uh, made pivoted and and make made sure that it was uh, very centered on on science and also um, individuals who maybe uh, exhibited in their personal or, or work life and so maybe you have uh, an expert who's maybe not an academician but um, has been doing it in the workplace and can give you case studies on how that has worked in the case in the in the environment. So it's it's very much with a choice. Well, what what I love about it, just you know, having participated in your last summit, is you, you can you can definitely feel the the science behind it, but it's also very practical. And I think, you know, I'm sure you experience this. We experience this as well. Just talking about well being and, and mindfulness. I mean, it's it's easy to fall in the trap of, oh yeah, everyone's happy and, you know, choose happiness and all of this. And so the way, the way that you guys have positioned it, I think is just brilliant because you instantly up the credibility, right? Like we're, we're talking about serious stuff here mm-hmm. and, um, and you can feel it, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like a medical conference, you know, having come from that world, yes. actually, you know, I, I, I've been to a lot of those, yes. um, to those those conferences, blue slides, white text. Here's yes, the study, right? Yes. So, so let me let me just back up a little bit. So, and the reason why I explain the science so much is because people hear happiness and like, oh my god, it's going to be you know marshmallows, unicorns, and kumbaya, right? <laughs> At the same time, yeah. we may have marshmallows and unicorns, you know, because it's fun. So we're going to try to have yeah. fun at a happiness conference, obviously. But we, you know, when I speak to, to, to the speakers in creating the agenda, 
we, it's you you hit it it's practical i tell whatever you say whatever you do practical you know because there, there's this body of research huge amazing amazing wonderful research but if you don't make it practical and fun and engaging who cares nobody's going to read it nobody's going to engage you have to be engaging because otherwise people are not going to connect to it so you need they need to have an emotional reaction to what you're saying in order for it to sink in or identify with the story so that's very important and then you, you've you've been there so you've seen the setting and you know the indoor trees with the balloon uh, leaves and in the park in the indoor park in front of the um the stage and the lighting and the sound and we just want everybody to have to be primed as it were for happiness so we want the 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 outer experience to also condition the person because if we make it stark and cold and blue and white slides well that's not that's not fun right and that's not going to give you a condition to happiness in the same way that when you meet a person and they smile at you it preconditions you already to have a positive interaction as opposed to a frown right and so we use the same premise um, to make the venue very uh, welcoming. It, it, the other component that I just love, and I told, I, I think I hit upon it in the beginning, is the sense of community. Yeah. Uh, I think it's so beautiful. I mean, I don't know how you you felt, but sometimes I just before a speaker or in transition, I'm just sitting in the auditorium, and I just feel the energy. And it sounds quirky, but it's the most amazing thing. It's so soothing to be with people, like-minded people who are, you know, I think they're the first ones to tell you they're flawed and many times they're unhappy and they have a lot of difficult things that they're going through, yet they're still choosing to change their mindset, to do the internal work, to show up to their lives in a different way, to fight biology, to fight our negativity bias, to fight, you know, whatever is going on in their lives and to to do it in a way that is transformative, empowering, energizing. Of course. And um, so to me, it's, it's just, it's, it's just so simple. It almost like, I just want to scream because it's, you know, you just, guys, you just have to start doing these habits, these habits. I mean, these rituals become habits. Once they're habits, you change your, your, your brain and you begin processing life in a different way. Yeah. You know? Same thing happens, but you're just processing it differently and making making hopefully better choices. Totally, and I mean we we obviously resonate on this side because you know Keo started out of a, one of those scratch your own itch scenarios, and but quickly turned into this social responsibility because I think you nailed it. It's like you you almost want to scream in the sense that on our side we feel like we're sitting on these hidden superpowers that are accessible to anyone right and it's it's just a matter of, of tipping people off and getting them into i guess the right headspace to be open and, and take that in and, and and try new things right um because then it's just it's i mean it's unlimited after that i mean there's so many avenues that you can go down so no it's great i mean the the for anyone listening i mean i highly encourage you and we'll have all this in the, in the show notes obviously but the the energy or the vibe in, in that setting is um at wahasu is just is, is fantastic and even on our side i mean uh, last week we had the great fortune to to interview um 
the happy human himself, Gopi from from Google. And mm-hmm. I mean, that came directly out of that event, right? Or that summit. So that's I another part that I love is the, is the connections that people make. So we were also purposeful about wanting to create an environment that could serve almost like a Petri dish. What happens if we put all these really amazing people together? And by the way, not only the speakers, but the audience like yourself, we put these people together and let's, let's see if it becomes a networking platform where, you know, new ideas or new programs or new connections can be made. And I have to tell you that after three years, just amazing things have happened around the world. And even some that we don't know about, you know, we find out later um, corporate social responsibility programs, uh, two, two speakers or a speaker and, a, and an attendee get together and they create a new service or a new program or a new, uh, there's been also like a, a series, a video series done on the last summit. So it's, it's really become the effect is multiplicative. It's, it's rippling really around the world. And we're so very excited about that. Um, one of the things we're doing now is that we're also going deeper. So, um, we just did, I think a couple of weeks ago, a chief happiness officer certification program over three days with one of our speakers, uh, Dr. Sandro Formica. And -hmm. it was in connection with Florida international university. Um, and you know, we brought this approach on how do you transform individuals to become positive agents in an organization to create positive culture. And so we're trying to do this approach to also bring the findings, um, in, in not only a deeper way, but also during the year to be able to have a more sustainable uh, approach to because it's about sustainability, right? I mean, the weekend is great, but of then course. you have to practice it, and then you have to, you know, uh, be true to 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 what you learn. For me, Wahasu is like an immersion, right? You have this immersion, you have this like amazing uh, vitamin B twelve shot, and then you have to, you know, maintain. And so we're creating programs that will also help along the way, whether it's a it's a certification. It's a, um, a smaller event. It's a retreat uh, to try to really meet the demands. Uh, we're bringing programming through our partners into schools. So we like to collaborate. You know, we instead of reinventing the wheel, we like to see like what's somebody doing in the UK or what are you doing in New York or what are you doing in Colombia and let's, you know, we serve as this platform and then we bring it into organizations that are, um, are eager to learn more. And so sometimes we do it ourselves through Wahasu sometimes, but largely we like to partner with, um, with like-minded individuals, organizations, experts to bringing this, this amazing body of work into a more granular level, if that makes sense. I mean, it makes total sense. And it's, I mean, I think it's the only way to really spread this and and at a, at a quick rate, right. It's, it's, it's collaborating around the world. Um, cause I mean, it's no surprise. I mean, the quick Lippmann test is for, for anyone, you know, in a big city with a subway or really anywhere that you're, you have public transportation. I mean, just look up and, and look around I mean, you can, you can see the unhappiness in people's faces. So, you know, to correct a, a global problem like that, I think we, we have to all stick together and, and, and work on this uh, kind of day by day. Right. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, by, by building community, it also reinforces it, right? Because it's so easy to to jump back into negative into negative thinking and and life I mean life is challenging that's another you know that's a big secret yeah. life is hard. hello life is hard okay so <laughs> once you realize that it's going to become a lot easier but I mean I'm I'm guilty myself I thought it was going to be all roses you know and that maybe because you had this one hugely negative experience and every you you got a pass on everything else and guess what it doesn't work that way and so yeah. it's 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 choosing happiness despite what happened or in spite of what happened to you. And it's not to say, oh my God, this horrible catastrophe, and now I'm terribly happy. No, it hurts, and you can, and you know, it will make you unhappy. But it's about not staying in unhappiness, not going into despair. But it's about feeling your feelings, right? Because painful things mm-hmm. hurt. Normal. Um, and you know, feeling negative emotion, like, uh, I think it's, it's Tal Ben-Shahar that says that only two kinds of people don't feel negative emotion, uh, a, a, a psychopath and a dead person. So the good news <laughs> is that if you're feeling some negative emotion, you're alive and you're not a psychopath. Um, exactly. so it's, it's this, for us, the biggest challenge, to be honest, Mark, is to teach people what we mean by happiness and what is happiness. People have such a strange relationship with the word. Everybody wants to be happy, yet it's like they're terrified of it. They're terrified Mm -hmm. that pursuing it, then that means you're going to stop paying your bills or you're not going to care if your children are educated. But, you know, like Sean Aker says that that happiness fuels success. You know, it's, it's not that success fuels happiness. It's that actually happiness will make you more successful because you're going to have parts of your brain that are going to be fully accessible to you in a better way. So you're going to optimize your human experience, whether it's at work or your health or your relationships. You know, it just makes everything better. There's no downside. Yeah. There's like literally no downside. It's, you know, which is, that's the other thing that I say, like, try it. Just try it because it's not like you need to drop out of life for you to pursue these very simple yet powerful practices. And the key is to make a habit. Of course. You know, well, whether it's, it's uh huh. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say it's interesting because, you know, I think and, and I've fallen victim to this as well and and, and really I'm in the process of of changing this this mindset. But I think we a lot of people have just the idea that, you know, if you put in the work and you put in hard work and, you know, you think you're doing the right thing, it's going to lead to, to happiness, right? Versus I think what you're saying is, and it's so ironic, literally the podcast I just published today, um, there was a line in there about from a young entrepreneur that has flipped that equation around that, you know, choose happy now. And if you can, you can find that happy, happiness now it will result in success and, um, whatever you're looking for, essentially. Well, the thing is that it, it sounds cliche, but it's absolutely true. Happiness is inside. So we're, mm-hmm. we're really trying to make it external because externally you can see it. You can see your bonus. You can see your paycheck. You have this title. So now you can, you know, you believe this thing that you are, you asked me in the beginning, who are you? You see a title and you're like, oh, this is amazing. But you may not feel amazing. You don't feel like you deserve. Or what does it mean to be 
CEO or CFO or what is, you know, what, what does that really truly sure. mean to me? Sometimes, you know, you're not even, it's not even like your, your values are aligned with the organization that you're affiliated with. So you're not mm-hmm. fulfilled yet. When you get into doing a little bit of um, what Sandro Formiga calls self-science and you can um, identify what your values are and then see where those align with an organization, when you um, feel like you're okay as a person, right, inside, then you, then it creates more meaning with the external rewards. Everybody likes re- external rewards, of course, but the mm-hmm. external reward cannot make you sustainably happy. It will make you happy like a drop. Like if I give you a million dollars now, you will be happy. That's absolutely true. But for you to be sustainably happy, the research shows it's how do you spend that million dollars? If you spend it on yourself, again, it's not, so as as sustainable um, it, for your for your for your happiness or well being as if you spend it on other people or on experiences with other people, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of crazy because really for us and, and I just thought about this right now that for us to be at our best for ourselves it involves literally doing things for other people, and I guess that's part of you know a, a really cool way for our survival. Absolutely. No, I mean, I think that's a great point. And I, I love just the, the idea or the, the concept to reflect on, on sustainable happiness. You know, that's, that's powerful. And, and thank you for, for sharing that. I do want to ask you, Karen, so how, you know, just kind of looping back to the beginning, how did you choose happy? And, and you know, like, what are some of the things that you're doing to combat some of the stuff that, you know, uh, by default, we kind of enter into a a negative world. It's, 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 we have to work at happiness, at least I think. Um, So I'm curious to see what, what you're doing and and how you originally chose happy for you in obviously an incredibly different, difficult time in your life. And uh, obviously it's gotten to you where, to where you are now, right? Yes. So um, I chose happiness before I knew there was a science of happiness, I had, okay. you know, my, my, my uh, undergraduate major is in psychology and, and positive psychology hadn't been invented yet. But um, like I shared with you, when my husband passed away, I, I remember a couple of days after he died, um, feeling like I just didn't want to live, but not in almost a depressing, not in a depressing way, just like I was done, you know. I, yeah. I was married to him half my life and he's such a, just an amazing, amazing person. And it was just such a loss for just friendship and just everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in that moment, in the back of my uh, mind, I heard a voice that said, what about the children? And I was so disappointed because I knew that I could not give in to this desire that I had at the time because I had my children. And so I, of course I had to live and I had to live, you know, because of my children. And in that instant, even though I didn't know how, um, my life was completely destroyed because nobody tells you that when your spouse dies, you die in that moment, the wife is gone. 
Yeah. You know, the, 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 the mother who has a partner, whether divorced or not, who has children that has a dad is gone. Mm -hmm. Your future with that person is gone. And for yourself, how you see yourself in the future is gone. So it's, it's like that, that death. And then you feel like a newborn, but you have all these adult responsibilities. Yeah. And it's such a weird warped feeling, I have to tell you. And with that going on, I said, I am going to, I have chosen to live and I'm going to live, but I'm going to live happy. Otherwise I can't stand myself and I'm not going to be the story that people pity or they say, oh, look, there's a poor widow coming or, you know, isn't it tragic? And I wasn't going to be that. And plus for me was in particular, my husband's legacy. My husband was a very positive person and he was the kindest person I've ever met in my life. And so I was not going to have his legacy be of pain and sadness and despair. And that's when I made that choice. And then later through purpose and meaning, like I said, transforming the experience, going to Georgetown, finding you know, myself, who am I, what, who am I going to be? And then connecting with when I heard this group, you know, talking about happiness and the choice. And I said, choice, wait a second. I did that. And there were mm-hmm. things that I had done haphazardly. And then I realized that this was something that was trainable and teachable, learnable, learnable and teachable. And, um, and my partner, myself wanted to get as many people as possible to learn about, about the science of happiness so they can bring it to, to, you know, so they can nourish themselves with this. And, and that's how I made the initial choice. Now I make, I have to make the choice every day, you know, um, because things happen in life that are disappointing. <laughs> they just kind yeah. of suck. Right. Of and so it's like, Oh my God, this is horrible. Right. And then, okay. Gratitude list. Where the hell's the gratitude list, (laughs) you know, and almost like I want to be like, and I see this, you know, in my brain, it's, I'm having this conversation. Well, you know, I just really want to wallow in self-pity right now. And then it's like, yeah, but when you're right on the gratitude list, it seems BS and you know, I don't want to do it, but it makes me feel better. So then I go and I, and I write, you know, almost like a little kid being told by their parent what to do yeah. with a, you know, and I do it and I do it. And then I start feeling better. Um, um, for me, yoga also saved my life. So I, I had been doing things that got me through the experience of losing my husband that in retrospect, they're tied to what's scientifically proven to help you. So I had a strong spiritual life. I had good relationships. I had my family. I was doing yoga. Um, and I must have some uh, innate resiliency traits, I suppose. But um, you, for me, yoga is huge. You know, the power of the breath. Um, I'm right now doing a, I, I, I threw a challenge to myself, 21 day uh, yoga every day. So I'm okay. doing that. Um, so how are you doing it, Karen? Let's get practical. When do you, what's, what's working for you? It's the morning thing. You fit it morning. In. I'm doing it in the morning and I customarily don't like to do it in the morning, but I'm doing it in the okay. morning. And I, and the first day I was like, Oh, and now I feel fantastic. So I turned, for example, this is, so I turned a situation. I was, I've been traveling 
I was in Europe for a while and I'm back and I'm jet lagged. I'm back to the US. And so instead yeah. of like, oh my God, I'm jet lagged, this stinks. It's like, oh, I'm jet lagged. Let me wake up and I'm going to do morning yoga. Um, and so, and you know, so, so I'm really trying to be purposeful about, I'm still jet lagged. The situation's there, right? So That's I have true. a choice whether to say that stinks and I'm really tired and oh my God, or I have an opportunity. The situation is the same. It's just the way that I choose to look at it, right? Mm -hmm. Again, that doesn't mean like oh, something horrible happened and I'm just going to choose like it was fantastic that I got into a car accident. You know, that doesn't, that, and, and I have a problem with that. Like, for example, people say to me, oh, there must have been a reason why your husband died. And if there, there wouldn't be, like, there's no reason why my husband died. My husband just died. There's no okay. reason for it. You know, it's not like yeah. a greater thing happened because this horrible thing happened. And, um, and another, another bit that, that I've come, come to terms with is that I'm choosing not to label events in life as good or bad. It's just life unfolding, right? Oh, so and powerful. So, How do you yes. balance it, Karen? That because I, I, I really resonate with what you're saying about um, you know, not wallowing in the event and, and kind of moving on, but at the same time it sounds like you're still processing the emotion. So how do you Oh yeah. Right? Like how do you balance that? Is there I guess it's different for everyone, but uh, what's what's your procedure of okay, you know, this was shitty. Acknowledge that, feel those feelings. And then is it, do you move on kind of right away or is, is there like what works for you? Well, it's been in, in, in evolution, right? Because the, the, the pain was, it was so, so big. It was outside of myself. I could almost see it. It was so painful. Yeah. Um, and so um, whether it's pain from, from that or another challenging event, you know, I, I, I feel my feelings and, and it hurts. And mm -hmm. so I have to sit with, sometimes you just got to sit with it for a bit and it's, it's, it's like saying to somebody, you know, we're going to set you on fire. It's going to burn, but afterwards you're going to feel good. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to trust this. So let me do something else to avoid that. But you know, the, after a while you avoid your avoid, you're going to have back pain. You're going to fight with all these people. You're going to do stuff that you don't know what you're doing. And you're going to engage in all this stuff until you feel the feelings. And once you feel the feelings, and it's a really uncomfortable place to be in, let me share, um, it does get better because it's, you know, on a personal level, okay, this was painful. I'm going to cry, right? Mm -hmm. And then, okay, I'm going to dry my tears and I'm going to put, I'm going to go to yoga. Or I'm going to go to my meeting or I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to make sure it's funny because people are like, oh my God, you look great. It's like when I'm like, you know, dressed rarely well, and it's because I just finished having such a bad moment that it's like, I almost do, I do the counter, you know, and yeah, I find yeah. for me, my thing is if I do the counter, it really works. So yeah. if you see me jeans and a t-shirt and a ponytail and a mess, I'm, I'm really, really happy. You You're know? doing great. That's funny. If I look like a mess, I'm doing great. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's a, you know, for me, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's about being courageous. It's about being messy. So, you know, this thing hurts and it's okay for it to hurt, but I, I'm not going to stay in the hurt. I'm going to try 57 things to see which one works. And then when mm -hmm. one starts working, I'll do that one, you know, so it might be on the second thing or the third thing, 
Yeah. And then I, I continue doing it. Well, I think that's the key though, is that you, you've, you've obviously taken some time to even acknowledge or write a gratitude list or I, I essentially have the tools in the toolbox that you, cause again, um, you know, it doesn't matter who, like who it is, we're, we're going to go through these massive highs and lows and they're, they're different circumstances, but you can guarantee that, you know, we're all going to struggle with something. So having the, um, almost the peace of mind that there are tools and gratitude lists or mm-hmm. like the ones I have are, you know, the non-negotiables in my life. And they're really just things that I know will instantly make me happy um, to turn to, you know, almost is just even that first step, right. Of, okay, then let's, to your point, you know, feel the feelings and then go to it. It's like a, you know what it feels like? It's like you get a, a, a what do you call it? Um, a life vest or a, or a, what's that the circle thing that the lifeguard throws you? The Yeah. The, uh, I think they just call it a float flotation, but I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. So you're in the ocean, you feel like you're drowning and at least to know that you have these tools that you can access and you can, you know what, there's nothing wrong with you beginning to access them as a robot. And then you feel it. You can't, you, it's not going to be like, Oh, gratitude list. Yay. I can't wait. You know, it might be like brushing your teeth and you're really tired and like, Oh my God, this is a pain in the butt, but then it feels good to have a clean mouth and not have cavities. Yeah. Right. So (laughs) you can't wait for these things to feel fantastic. Oh, happiness practice, you know, whoopee. Some people are like that. I'm not one of those people. Um, but if you do it on trust, and, and on, on discipline, just be disciplined. Like, you know, it's, it's amazing how we can understand that for our bodies to look a certain way, we have to be careful what we eat and how we exercise. Yet we don't understand that concept to our minds or an emotional oh, okay. state or our mental well-being. It's like, it just happens like accidentally. Totally. And it's, it's the mind that tells you to go to the gym. So uh, yeah, you're, you're preaching over here, <laughs> you know, or not, but there's going to be a consequence. Like yeah. there, there's a consequence, you know, the other thing that really helps me and might help a lot of people is that is, is going outside. And even if you're just walking and being out in nature is amazing. Mm. I don't know. It just gives you perspective, maybe serenity, a sense of uh, 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 something greater than yourself, because that's another point that we tend to think like we're our problems or we are, you know, like so important or our problems are so big. And it's like, we're not that important. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Like get a grip. Right. Yeah. So totally. So what, what are, so Karen, are there, I mean, obviously, so yoga is something that you're, you're giving a shot to. Is there, has there been something? I've been doing it for 20 years, but now I'm doing it every day. Okay. The challenge got you. So my question was going to be like, what has been the consistent in, in the, in the routine over the years that you just like, is your non-negotiable? For me, it's, uh, the power of the breath. So breathing, Mm. breathing into it. And, um, there's, I think. Uh, a couple of things that one love i have a huge capacity thank god for love which is makes yeah. me very happy um then i have a, a strong faith i'm not, i'm not religious but i have strong faith so that has helped me a lot in my spiritual life 
um, which is, you know, totally kind of private to myself, but it has been mm -hmm. very uplifting to me. And then um, kindness, being kind, you know, that is to me one of the most, it's like, it's like a superhero, like the most heroic thing to me are kind people. And yeah. uh, the, the quote that I'm in love with right now is, um, if you, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Beautiful. Cause we, I mean, it, it's a choice, right? I mean, and you, it's just so, you know, even if you're waiting the line or you're, you're grabbing the coffee, I mean, even just giving someone a big smile and a thank you can completely change a person's day. Right. Including your including own. yours. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It is it's like the funny thing is like it'll change more your day than their day. You know, yeah. it's like you're gonna feel like you're taller, and uh, and just like I said, like a superpower. And of course, there's the alt altruism loop, and there's an altruism center in Stanford, and the science is there, but it really does make you feel, you know, just better, happier. It gives you a sense of hope in future. And, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's the most wonderful thing if you can be kind. Mm -hmm. Love it. I'm going to, uh, I want to respect your time. So I'm going to start wrapping up, but the other consistent with this, every episode of the podcast is I always grab three reflective questions from the guests. And these are questions that either circulate in your mind on a frequent basis or during big life-changing events. And the, the whole reason for it is just so that we can load these into, into Keo and allow others to journal on them um, and hopefully bring in some perspective based on who knows where, where they're at in their life. So do you have, um, are there three that, that float around in your life? Um, I guess one of them could be, what are your values? Yeah. Um, then, uh, how do you want to show up in your life? And do you know that you have a choice in that? Oh, I love that. And then, uh, the third one is how are you going to deal with this difficult situation in a positive way or how can you, because yeah, one of the really important things is to also create, a a roadmap of how you want your life to be and you, so that you can envision that and then become that. So powerful. So I, I mean, I have, <laughs> so we tend to, we tend to catastrophize. So it would be good to spend some time into look like, what if everything just like went well, <laughs> yeah. you know, how do you, how do you, I mean, I have to ask you a little bit more about that. How do you practically go about that? Is that a, is that something you do? you know, a couple times a year or just subconsciously, or do you actually have sit down and write it out and, and kind of feel the feelings or what's your, your setup? It's funny because you know what? We forget to take our medicine when everything's going well. <laughs> so pain is a great catalyst for change, right? Yeah. So unfortunately, Mark, when I'm having a painful event, is then when I am like, okay, where do I want my life to be? You know, when I'm, when every condition right now that I'm perceiving looks like it's got, it's looking really bad, you know, 
let me write down and journal and really spend some mental energy into how things could really go really well. Maybe not right now, right? Not Mm -hmm. at this moment, but eventually in my future will be okay. And I will be able to do this and I will be able to do that. Um, And I'm going to be successful in this. And, you know, it could be something kind of specific, but it could also be generic. But I think it's all, it's good to be specific. And you could always change your mind later if it's about doing some project or doing, you know, um, getting something, you know, but, but it's when you're in despair or feeling despair or feeling down, it's nice to have that thought again it's not like oh i'm going to become a unicorn right or a fairy mm-hmm. but it's you know this this too shall pass because that's the other thing the nature of life good things and bad bad things pass right so it goes away yeah. um because it's ever evolving um so so to look at 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 what the future could look like if you put in the time and the effort to create it, you know, that way you can't be like, well, I'm going to be a surgeon and not think that you need to, you know, you don't need to go to medical school. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it's really important to stay reality based, but when you look at your life and you really analyze it and maybe people want to do like a list of good things and bad things, you're going to see that like largely most of your life, things are going really, really well. We just focus on like, the, per- the small percentage of things that didn't turn out the way we wanted to turn out. Of course, of co- that is so so rich. It's um, I- I'm glad I asked you a little bit more detail on that. I, I think that's super helpful, and it-, it it is a practice. It's something I've done as well. Just you know, what do I want my life to look and feel like in five years or whatever the case is? But you're you're so right that you typically do that when um, you know you're going through through a struggle. But at least if you do it, I mean, you, you know, it's a great, it's a great way to, to shift some perspective and I think it'd be really helpful for, for a lot of people. So Karen, I, I have to send, I mean, obviously a thank you from, from myself, but truly a heartfelt, heartfelt thank you for everything you're doing in the, in this world. And even just on this conversation, but your whole journey being, you know, very vulnerable, very open with, um, your journey and everything that has happened and just devoting, you know, your life to raising that level of happiness around the globe. It's, um, it's just such a beautiful thing. And I think everyone listening, but everyone you've ever impacted, um, owes you a big thanks and, um, giving you a big warm Canadian hug on the, the, uh, this side of the line. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful for you to say that, um, you know, both my partner and myself really appreciate, uh, and I and I take it also from from his behalf of uh, just the of beautiful course. words that you just shared. And uh, we send you, you know, the whole Wahasu team sends you a big, uh, war- very warm hug from from Florida. And <laughs> we hope that we'll see you very soon, and that we continue on this this journey together because, you know, you are helping spread this message, and so you're doing amazing work as well so we're very grateful to you thank you karen yes you made it to the end of the conversation thank you so much for your attention and if you enjoyed the chat leave us a little love wherever you're listening stars reviews they go a long way 
Don't forget you can find all of these guests along with a ton of powerful reflective prompts in our digital journaling app, Kyo, K-Y-O. Search it in the Apple App Store and it'll pop up. Wishing you the absolute best in your mental fitness and an incredible day.